0: I'm going to read here out of Joel because our God really is, is a God of restoration and growth. And restoration and growth come through the Word. It's His love, meeting with His Word, activated by the anointing of God on the inside of you. And it brings restoration and it brings growth in your life. And so tonight we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I wanted to go back here and just begin just real quick in, in, in the first chapter of Joel In the fourth verse, I don't want to dwell on this because this isn't the greatest place to be, but it says, What the chewing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. And what the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locusts have eaten. There's not a whole lot left. Awake, it says, you drunkards, and weep and wail, all you drinkers of wine, because of the new wine, for it has been cut off from your mouth, for a nation has come up against my my land, strong and without number. His teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he has the fangs of a fierce lion. He has laid waste my vine and ruined my fig tree. He has stripped it bare and thrown it away. Lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. The grain offering and the drink offering have been cut off from the house of the Lord, and the priests mourn who minister unto the Lord. The field is wasted. The land mourns, the grain is ruined, the new wine dries up, and the oil fails. Be ashamed, you farmers, wail, you vinedressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. The vine has dried up, and the fig tree has withered, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree. All the trees of the field have withered. Surely joy has withered away from the sons of men. And I, and I go back through and I read all that, and it can be a little depressing. Uh, and, and you may not be at the end of the end of the end of your rope. You may not be in your life to that place where it seems to be this dry. But it, if, if we are not allowing, God's word is living. This thing is, is a living, it says this is, this is the living word of God. It is alive. Jesus told the, the lady in John chapter 4 that if you drink, from from the well that I have, you will have living waters flowing through you. This word is living. It is alive and it brings it brings resuscitation to you. It it brings it brings healing to your body. It, bring, it brings joy when there's sadness and sorrow and mourning. It brings peace when there's confusion. Wherever you find yourself, whatever situation you find yourself in, this word is the answer. Jesus is the word made flesh and jesus is the answer and as you go on to the end of joel though it says in verse 21 of chapter 2 i guess it's in the middle of joel there's three chapters there but it says fear not o land be glad and rejoice now they just he just had gone through and talked about how desolate and horrible it might be but then now it says fear not o lord be glad and rejoice for the lord has done marvelous things you may be sitting here thinking, I don't know that he's done marvelous. He has done marvelous things. But what you can add to that in your life by faith is not only has he done marvelous things, he will do marvelous things and he will continue to do marvelous things right. in your life for you. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the running beside you kind of pulling you along. Come on. Come on. He's he going to do good things in your life. That let go, let God, let him have his way in who you are. It goes on, though, it says, Do not be afraid, you beasts of the field, for the open pastures are springing up, and the tree bears its fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Be glad, then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord of God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will give you and cause the rain to come down on you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. It says in 24, The threshing floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine. So I will restore to you those years. Remember back in the beginning when all the locusts were taking all those things away. He says here, I will restore unto you the years that the swarming locusts, the crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, and the chewing locusts have stolen and have eaten and taken from you. My great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in the land, in the plenty, and be satisfied And the praise of the name of the Lord your God who has dwelt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then you will know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. You know, the Word of God says that you will know them by their fruits. Fruits are growth at the end of the vine or the end of the tree. And this says that that you shall know after all of these things, after all these things come to pass, as these things are happening and everything's being restored that was once dead, as the, as the former rain is gone and the, the latter rain, and now, now the, this rain today is bringing up a crop so that the animals can eat and all those kind of things. It says, then you will know that I am the Lord, I am God, I am in the midst of Israel. And in your life, if you're not sure, if you want to, if you're not sure, if, you know what, am I really even doing what God called me to do? Am I really even following the plan that he has for my life? Ask yourself this question and ask him to reveal it to you if you don't know the answer. Is there fruit? Is there fruit on on the end of your tree? Is there growth? Because God is a God of growth. And in your life, as you put his word to practice, there is growth. There's, there's growth in who you are as a person, there's growth in, in you emotionally, there's growth, growth in you, wisdom as far as your mind and what you know in the Word and in life. There is growth for you for strength, for your body and for your spirit, man, to continue on. Restoration, yes, that's a whole story about restoration, but, but the Word of God, as it comes into your life, brings growth. And, and we've talked about you know this idea that says you, you, you grow naturally in, 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 the, in the physical body. I mean, you get older and you get bigger and that thing happens, but you develop in that growth on purpose. Like you have to put your mind uh, to work when you go to school to learn the things that you need to learn so that you can pass third grade I read so that you can go to fourth grade. If you don't do that, if you don't develop in that area, there's not gonna be any life because it's going, you're, you're gonna be a third grader the rest of your life. And, and you can't be a third grader. You are all overcomers in Christ. There's a bunch of scriptures here to read. The first one is 1 John chapter 5, verses four through five. It says, for whatever, how many of you are born again? When you're alive under Christ and all those things. Now, this scripture is for you. If you're not, then this scripture isn't for you and we need to fix that. But if you are, this scripture is yours and you can, now remember, the word of God is alive. It is alive, it moves, it acts, it changes who you are, it regenerates what's going on in your life or in your body, it brings growth to who you are. And it says, for whatever is born of God, that's us, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Then who, I add then, but then who is he who overcomes the world? It is he who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, we just raised our hand and said, that's us, you're an overcomer. Well, I don't feel like an overcomer. You're an overcomer. Change what you feel. Change what you think. Change what you say. That's what you are. But, 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 but I'm facing all yeah, yeah, we all face stuff. You're an overcomer. That's where we start, you know, and that's that's kind of where we're gonna end. There's just scripture after scripture after scripture that talks about the importance of God's word coming alive to us in our life. It comes to life. it comes alive to us in our life when we live it. And so now we begin to practice these things. First Corinthians 15 57. It says, but thanks be to God who gives us the what? The victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And now some of you have been through these scriptures a million times, and this might not be new. But others, I'm going to be the one, like Elizabeth said, running along telling you these things. Post these on your door. The Lord told the children of Israel to take the word, to take the law, to fold it up and to put it on their forehead and tie it on there so that they would always have the word at the forefront of where they're going, that they would not only do that, but they would teach it to their children, and their children's children, that they would write it on the doorpost, that it would be everywhere. Why? Because you can't forget the word. And the devil comes to steal the word. The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. We know that in John 10, 10. But in Mark chapter 4, it says that the thief is the one who's coming to steal that seed away from you. You are good ground. I believe that. Hopefully you believe that. The word of God, like we've prayed earlier, is going into your heart, and it's going to bring up a harvest. But there are other verses there in Mark chapter 4 that talk about how that won't happen because the enemy, the thief, is out there waiting to steal the word, to steal the seed, to take that away from you. Why? Because the word of God is living It brings life to you, it regenerates, and it grows. And he doesn't want you to be new. He doesn't want your life to be regenerated. He doesn't want to see you recoup all the things that he has taken from you. He doesn't want to see growth in your life. So he may not come after your physical body, but he'll come after the word. He may not take he may come after your finances and begin to, to, to wreak havoc there, but he'll come after the word in that place. And eventually, as you allow him to steal or to take a piece of that word, then eventually you're left with nothing. Because without him, we're nothing. Without his word, we're zip. We got nothing to, we got nothing to lay hold of. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse fourteen says, But thanks now be to God who always leads us in triumph in in Christ. Romans 8, 37 says, we are more than conquerors in him. In Christ, we are more than conquerors. You are more than victorious in Christ. Because why? Well, 1557 right there in 1 Corinthians, he has given us his victory. And he has poured it out in our lives so that we have access to it. But you have to understand and know the manual for his victory. And the manual for his victory is this thing that we carry around with us. Whether it be this or your phone or your iPad or watching up, you got, you got to know the manual for success. If you don't know the manual, the things that people are saying and speaking from the pulpit all over the place that you hear, they're, 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 they're going to come in one ear and, and out the other. We, we have to put ourselves in a place to be able to be poured into with God's word but to allow it to flow in our life for his love to overflow us, but be activated between his love and the word, be activated by the anointing of the Holy Spirit and let it flourish in who we are. We see it time and time again, and we have VBI going on on Sunday mornings, of course, but we have VBI on DVD, and we've seen it year after year, student after student after student gets involved in VBI, and from the beginning until the end, something happens. They are not the same creature they were when they came in, and it wasn't because they had the best teachers in the world, and it wasn't because they were in the best church of the world, although they are both since they come to but it... It's because the Word of God is active, it is alive, and it regenerates, and it brings growth in your life. And if you will, like, like VBI, if you will take that Word in your heart and begin to meditate that, begin to live that in your life, it will, it will change your countenance, you will look different. People will say to you, what is going on? Why do you look so different? We've got ladies around here that have been in this church for 20 years that look younger than they ever did when they came in here. Amen? Amen? This is a good place to be. Drink the water here. We look younger. I'm 45 years old. I don't look 45. We are. We, it, it, why? Because the Word of God regenerates. It brings back our youth. It continues to strengthen our bodies, and it grows, and it lives. And, right? Right? The Lamontas have been through VBI like nine times. I don't think you ever, have you ever stopped? I think it's just some recurring loop at your house. It just keeps going. They graduated years ago and it, it changed their life. But then even when they got done with it, they, they said, we got we to do it again. Can we do it again? Uh, I don't know that anybody's ever asked. Yeah, you can do it again. Take these things all home and sit down and, and watch them. Go through the, the lessons again. Why, why, why? Because you're pumping yourself full of Life. Life. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Where does that come from? Jesus was the word made flesh, man. We sit right here. Righteousness, overcoming faith, prayer, authority of the believer, the gifts of the spirit, the fruits of the spirit, all the things, all the tools, all the manuals that we need in our life to function as a believer. They're all in the word. Get hooked up in VBI. Talk to Megan. She can get you set up on the DVDs. Most of us sit around and watch TV at night for a little while anyway. You might as well be watching that. You've been watching the Bible on Sunday nights. Watch, watch, watch people talk about the Bible from here and, and allow God's word to change you. How many of you have graduated from VBI? Yeah, that's a, it's a lot. And, and uh, you talk to them. If they raise their hand, talk to them. They're gonna tell you that that made a difference in their life and it wasn't, I'm telling you, it wasn't the teachers or the church or the, the sofa they were sitting on. It was the Word. It was the Word that absolutely changed and transformed those lives. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you know that? I mean, do you, is that, is, do you know that? Do you say that? Do you believe that? Is that what gets you through the day? There is nothing that can stop me because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There is nothing in your body that can slow you down or stop you. You can, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, Monique. You write that down, you remember that, you read that, you say that when those moments come and you have no strength and you can't go on and you don't think there's another moment or another day where the devil's come to try to steal from your body and do those things. We rebuke him and bind him in Jesus' name and then we stand on the word of God that says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am healed by his stripes. Amen. Amen. Alive, regenerating, bringing growth the word always overcomes. The word always, the word always overcomes. The, the question becomes with, with me and maybe with you as well is, is, will I rest on the word? Will I trust the word? Will I live the word? Will I, will I, will I do that? I, there's a will involved here. And, and there's, a, there's a sometimes I don't feel like it involved here. But when we're in this place like Joel... When you're in this place, like Joel chapter one, where, where things look like they are dead, dying, drying up, going by the wayside, it doesn't look like you're going to make it another day. That is the time to rise up and grab hold of the living Word of God. Yeah. I mean, get a hold of. I, sometimes we can get a little uh, we can get a little babyhewish, fat, fat believerish. Because we have we have access now to, to every every single message or sermon that's probably ever been preached is online somewhere. And so we, we get a little we get a little chubby ish. We, we we spend a lot of time just just taking in stuff and never letting things go out. And you're gonna pop. This has to be a flow. His word is living, but the Dead Sea isn't living because there's no outlet. His word is living, but if you only take it in, it's going to die in there if you don't let it have an outlet. If you don't live it and give it, that there, that you've, you've stopped it up. And eventually, on the inside of you, you may be taking things in left and right, but there's going to be disappointment and discouragement, and there's all of these things that are going to happen in your life. Why? Because there's no outlet. And nothing lives in the Dead Sea. Why? Because it's dead. There's no outlet. And in your life, you can't be that with the Word of God. It is alive. It regenerates. It brings growth. But it has to be active in your life. He says in, in, we said 2 Corinthians 15, 57 said that thanks thanks be to God who gives us the victory. In 58 it says there's going to be a fight involved in this. That it's not just the word that's given to you. It's not just the word that you have read. And sometimes we like to just go back to a word that was really cozy and comfortable. But I'm telling you, you're going to be going through things and you're going to have to fight we're going to have to fight about we have the victory, yes, it says that. In first Corinthians fifteen, I believe that without a shadow of a doubt, he has given us his victory, but there is a fight that is going on spiritually in your life to continue to walk in that victory that he's given you. The devil does not does not like you, and he does not want you to be successful. It says here in verse fifty-eight of second Corinthians chapter fifteen, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable always abounding in the work, steadfast and immovable. On, steadfast and immovable means you're fixed in place. You're firmly fastened. You are unyielding to the truth that you know is real. Whether my arms fall off, my legs fall off, this stumpy body still going to be saying what the Word says. What are you firmly fixed to? What are you hanging on to and steadfastly planted in? The Word, it's your foundation. At the ve- There's nothing less sexy in building a building than watching them pour the foundation. It's all underground, and it all is work that's dirty and it's messy and it's. Uh, have you ever seen those guys? They're up to their their knees in concrete and they're slurring around. And all. It's not the fancy stuff where they're making nice granite granite countertops and they're putting, These are the parts of those DIY shows you don't see. This is the part they skip over because it's not it's not really glamorous. But when he says be steadfast and immovable, what what are you holding on to? What are you firmly planted on? The word of God that is your foundation. And the bigger the building, the bigger thing God, God wants to do with you, the bigger the foundation has to be. That does not mean This is a little different than the building. You can't build the building until the foundation is finished. With God, your foundation continues to increase and continues to go down as you continue to put roots in and you can continue to build up on top of that foundation and he won't take you to a place higher than that foundation can hold you. If you feel like you're starting to get on shaky ground and you're not sure, get back in the word because you need to get your foundation strengthened up and shored up and maybe you need another level and maybe you need another piece of rebar in there. I don't know what it is in your foundation that you need but it says the guy who builds his house on the firm foundation of the word of God his house will not wash away if you feel like your world and your life is washing away get back in the word it's not saying that you don't have a foundation it's saying that your foundation is shaky it does say in Matthew chapter 7 that that person built it on sand but you have built it on the word but you're outliving the revelation of the word in your life does that make sense you're trying to live past what you have learned. You're trying to live past what you have taken in and what God has, God has begun to, to make true and make real in your life. You can quote scripture all day long, but there's a difference when you're, when you're quoting the scripture that you know is true. I know, and when we started tithing and we started giving like that, there was, and there is no doubt. The windows of heaven are open above our house, and he is pouring out a blessing that we cannot contain. Period. That's the end. It's different than some other scripture that he's just given me the revelation about, because I know this one is, and I have worked this. I have seen this. I have put our, we put our hand to the plow. We have said, okay, God, we test you. We have put things out there. We have, we have answered the call, and he has come through, and he has come through, and he has come through. You can't talk me out of that firm foundation most of us at the very bottom and the very base it's salvation And there is there is absolutely nothing i could do to talk you out of salvation there's not a card you get in the mail there's not a sticker you put on the wall i mean there's not a picture with you and jesus like yeah i'm getting to go there is none of that there is your spirit bearing witness with his spirit that you are saved that your life is changed, and that you are part of his family, adopted in and an heir to the kingdom and the promises of God. I can't talk you out of that. Don't let the devil talk you out of it either. The next set of scriptures is in Genesis. I'm telling you, if you don't know it and you don't live it, you can be deceived. James 1.22 says that, and I get this, because I think sometimes we blame the devil, but this one says... And, and the devil is, he's sly, he's slick. We're going to read it in, in Genesis, in chapter 3. But listen to, in James 1, 22, it says, don't just be hearers of the word only. You have to be a doer of the word, or else you deceive yourself. The devil doesn't even need help there. You deceive yourself. And in, in Genesis, in chapter 3, this is how he can twist, this is, this is, if you're a hearer of the word and not a doer, you're deceiving yourself. But if you're a hearer and a doer, he is going to come after that word in your life. I had somebody ask me on Sunday morning, listen, I'm, coming to, I'm, trying, I'm trying to stand against these things where I've, where I've lost in the past. As you know, we were talking about losing in that particular thing as we move through our Easter series, experience victory. I'm talking very fast. You might have to get online, and I, 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 sometimes I talk fast. And I haven't talked fast like this in a long time, but you need it, so we're talking somebody came to me and said what do i do it's it it, i just the devil won't stop it just it's the same thing all the time and i said well yeah you keep you keep you keep binding him you keep putting out the word and you he's not going to tempt you in something that he ain't going to get you in he knows what you fell for last time and that's what he's going to bring strengthen yourself in that area in your life, strengthen yourself in the word in that area, and you're going to be able to get past that. But I'm telling you, I've said it before, you've heard it. When I go by somebody smoking in a restaurant, I still give it one of these. I'm I'm 20 years way past smoking. But there's some, even about 20, 21 years way past smoking. Still, there's something about that. When somebody just freshly lights one that's like... Ah, sheepers. Quickly, though. Put that away. Your pastor's not out there smoking anywhere. It's not what's going on. Congratulations, Ganzers. John and Jessica, give them a hand. They were married. Woo! First service is husband and wife. Yeah? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. good stuff. That's great. Back to Genesis and careful. We're going to talk about deception. And the woman. So, John, keep track of her. Don't let that enemy in your house through that woman. I'm just kidding. She's wonderful. She's going to keep him straight. It's Pastor Bill that said it's always the woman's fault. Now it says, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed? see He knows what the word says. And so does Eve. That's why you can hear the word, you understand the word. She has been living the word and not eating from this tree. She has been trusting God. She has been leaning into him. She has been giving her will to God by choosing not to eat off this tree because God said. But the enemy will come, and if you're not, I'm telling you, if you start getting out there, you start getting goofy, you stop reading the word, you stop spending time with him, you lose communication, you're ripe for the pickings. That VBI thing is people change, and it just absolutely turns their life upside down. There's there's all these people here that are graduated, but there's a whole bunch more that graduated and aren't here anymore. Not because they moved away. Not because they went to another church. Many of them stopped putting the word in. After, in that time, 24 classes, you can kind of start to think you know it all. And for about six hours, you're going to be Right? But then the rest of those hours is you're on a downhill slide. And it's just a moment before you you just received the Joel chapter 2 restoration. But then all of a sudden, in a short period of time, you're back to Joel chapter 1. Everything's gone. It's dirt, and it's dry, and it's dusty. Because the devil's deceived you. He stole the word. It says, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the, the, from the fruit of the tree any fruit, of any of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, you'll not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good, see, he's already, he's beginning, she had a conversation with the enemy. Don't have a conversation with the enemy. You're not talking, but you're thinking with him. When he comes against the word, when he comes to steal the word, he's sly and he's cunning. And, and, and most of what he says is probably true. And a lot of what he says is going to be the word somehow. But you've got to realize it's twisted, it's contorted. Well, how do I know the difference? You know the real thing. You know the real thing. You know what God told you and promised you. You wrote it down in your prayer journal, man. And you, you know, I, nobody can take that away from you. That is what God said. So when the devil comes and begins to tell you that that's not going to happen, or it's not yet, or it's, it's not for now, all these different things that he begins to say, you can't, you can't have this communication with him because eventually, you, if, if you continue having that conversation, you'll lose. You have to stop that. I mean, there's keys. He said, I've given you the keys. Jesus said the keys of the kingdom for binding and for loosing. You have all the dominion, power, and authority in this earth. Jesus won that at the cross. The keys to death, hell, and the grave, he's given them to you and to me. And there's nothing that the enemy can do to come again. But if we have a conversation with him, if we, if we mentally start having that conversation with him, he begins to pick and to steal and, to, and he'll, he'll just go after that foundation. He doesn't have to knock your house down. He doesn't, have to, he doesn't have to absolutely blow your house into the sea, although he might. He, could, he just picks away at the, at the foundation. Because what will happen if the foundation is picked away and it's eroded and it's not there? When the storm comes, what happens to the house? It washes away. Just like we said with the children of Israel last week, you know, they did, they didn't, they, in the end, they, they, it was the fact that they served other gods that, that, that really ticked God off. But it started with the fact that they didn't get rid of all the ites. From Deuteronomy to Judges, when they were marrying with them and then serving their gods, it was back in Deuteronomy when he said, get rid of all the ites. If God's God's speaking something to you, act on it. Don't allow the enemy to begin to steal those little pieces and those little parts away from you. Your mind will start playing tricks on you. Romans uh, chapter 8, 5 through 8. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. Well, you'd say, well, that's not me. But are you thinking things that line up with the word of God or not? Right. We, like to, we don't like to classify them as sin. We don't want to think that we're thinking sinful thoughts. But it's, he's, he spells it out here in Romans in chapter, chapter 8. Pretty, he puts a line in the sand that says, look, this is, it's, it's, God or, it's God or sin. And he says, if, if you're thinking those kind of thoughts, they're sinful. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit and this is the New Living Testament, think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Letting your sinful nature control your mind begins to erode the foundation out from underneath you. And it leads to destruction. It says it leads to death. But it says letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of the sinful nature can never please God. Now, the enemy is an absolute liar, and he will come to lie to you all day long. My brother, I'm telling you, he would lie straight up to your face, smile at you, and say, I didn't do that. We caught you red handed doing that. Not me, but Bill or Mom, you know. He liked to light matches. And Bill told him, don't light matches. Well, matches are easy. The sulfur that burns from a match, it's easy to smell. So he just made the mistake of lighting the match at the wrong time because Bill came in like right behind him or however that story goes and blew it out and tossed it on the floor. So I didn't do that. He goes, yeah, I mean, there's, there's me and there's you. And it smells like matches. I didn't do it. The dog doesn't have thumbs. He can't do it. Nope, not me. He may have finally, I think he's finally admitted to it, but man, I'm telling you, 20 years later, he'll finally admit to it, but he's, I even mean, he's staying with it. The enemy will stay with it for a long time. We were at Arby's one time, me and two, uh, two assistant principals and a friend of mine who was also a teacher from school. We're at Arby's, and we're, we're in line, and it's during, a, we, we just came for lunch because we had time to go for lunch, and the kids can't leave the campus at Harrison they have to stay on campus and while we're in their order and there's there's these two kids next to us and they're talking to us and they're they're kids from our school and they're talking to the assistant principal and they're you know they're just sharing with us and doing all these kind of things and so we just you know we're not even paying attention we hardly even we don't even realize it we didn't realize it honest I'm telling you until we got back to school and we went hey those two kids they were supposed to be here your teachers and principals aren't the smartest eggs in the whole thing but We were like, was that really them? Yeah, do you, but do you, think it, do you think it was? And so we're like, it was. It was them. So they called them down. And I wasn't missing this, so I just kind of stand in the corner. I'm, I'm going to watch what goes down. I'm just a teacher, but I'm gonna, my class can go up there and do whatever they want to. i got to watch this. This is going to be a good time. <laughs> and these kids came in, and they, you know, he sat down. He said, now, listen, uh, where would you guys have lunch? Cafeteria. <laughs> so. said, uh... Really? Yep. Cafeteria. Do do I look familiar? Yeah, you're you're Mr. Bus. Yeah, well, you look familiar. I mean, like from 20 minutes ago, do I look familiar? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You were at Arby's. No, we weren't. With us. It's not video footage. It's not something somebody made up. Somebody didn't tell us you went out to lunch. You talked to us there. Wasn't me. <laughs> All the way to the end, man. All the way to the end. Wasn't me. I didn't do it. The enemy, man. He'll, he 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 does, he just keeps lying, keeps lying, keeps he thinks what he's telling you is going to get this, get that. It's truth to him, and he just keeps lying. He's deceiving, and he's taking this, and he's taking that, and he's doing this. He says, don't entertain the enemy. He says, actually, in James 4, 7, resist the enemy. It says, submit yourself unto God and resist the enemy, and he must what? Flee. In 1 Peter 5, 9 it says that we're supposed to resist him steadfastly in the faith. It's that same steadfastly is that same word from 1 Corinthians 15-58 that we said. Hold firmly, stand steadfastly on the word of God and on the truth. Now, this is, as a believer, this is all good news. This is, this is, this is, this is the truth of the word. If you're here and you're not living this way, and you're not doing this way, and you're not putting the word first place in your life like this, there is hope. I mean, there is hope for you. I'm running alongside saying, come on, come on, come on. There's other people in this place running alongside saying, come on, come on, come on. It's that constant rehearsing and living in your life the word that makes the difference. That's what brings that restoration, that regeneration, and that growth. The love of God, I'm telling you, it's out of control. You can't put a lid on it. You can't, if you allow it to flow, if you allow the word to flow in your life, I'm telling you, it will overtake you. It'll overtake your situations. It'll overtake your family. It'll overtake your kids. It says in John chapter 8, 31 and 32. Jesus said, then he said to those Jews who believed in him, if you are able or if you will abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. But he goes on from that and he says, and you shall know the truth. You will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. This is the truth. This, this is the truth. What the, you, you find yourself in times in life where you don't know what is and isn't the truth. Which one lines up with this? Which one lines up with God's will for your life? Where is there peace in your heart? I know a guy, he comes to this church and he's a young kid and he's got like... It's just what God told him. God told him, man, you're going you're gonna to be wanted <laughs> by everybody and 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 he keeps talking to me after service and saying man you know i i i got i got three more offers last week and they all look at varying different degrees of fantastic and i said well you'll probably get three more this week i mean it's that you're you you are god's chosen and you have laid your life down to follow him to put his word. This is a young guy, 25, started like 22 around here, been to mentoring three times at 22, and he didn't have any issues. He just wanted to come and find out more about the word. And now he's at the end of this particular season in his life, and everybody is knocking on his door. Growth. It causes fruit to abound to your account. God's favor goes. Moses came down from being with God, and he had to put a veil on his face because he was so shiny. Spiritually in your life, not just reading the Word, but living the Word makes you shiny. Spiritually makes you shiny. People can't resist but help you. They can't resist but do good for you. They can't they, they can't help it. They don't Have you ever had anybody say, "I don't know why I'm doing this?" <laughs> we really aren't supposed to do this, but shiny. The favor of God. It's alive. It's not just hidden in your heart. It is. It's not just hidden there though, but it's lived. You hide it in here in the secret place but you live it in the open that every good and great reward that you receive from God was started as a seed somewhere in the secret place i love rewards you love rewards we want rewards but are we willing to plant the seed in the secret place think about the things that god has done that if i said what is the what is one of the greatest things that god's done for you in your life and it pops into your head now did that start somewhere with a seed something that you took in the word a message something and you begin to cultivate that where in the good ground of your heart and then you saw god fulfill that word that he planted in your heart it's living it's alive the love of god will absolutely overtake you in your life it'll change you In Isaiah, we'll say a couple scriptures. I've, I've gone through a bunch of them. But in Isaiah 55, verse 8, it says, My ways are not your ways, nor are my thoughts your thoughts, says the Lord. So we sit here on the other side of that in the New Testament, and we say, well, how, did, how, how does that make sense? Because he's adopted us into his house. We, we have the word. And if you begin to put this in your life, you begin to live this in your life the power of God comes into operation by his anointing you begin to think his thoughts you begin to know his ways why you're alive under Christ he is regenerating the things that the enemy has stolen and you're growing and you begin to understand and know his thoughts not just for you But for your children, you want to pray prayers over your children, you want to speak life into them, get into the Word and begin to allow Him to flow through you. It's it's not strange to pray for your kids and call them to the right mate, to call them to the right job, to call them to the right situation, to call into their lives the right teachers, to call into their lives the right friends. That is not weird. That's what we should be doing because there's power in the Word of God. And it says in the Word that a bad friend, a corrupt seed, can corrupt you. And so I speak by the name of the Lord God Almighty that those bad seeds will stay away from my kids, that they'll make the right choices. I can do that because I know it says it in the the Word. I begin to claim that. I begin to quote that. Well, they're they're six months old. Yep, but they're going to be 16 someday and they're going to drive. And they're not going to be with you. And so you're going to want to know that you have planted seed along with them. Right? In, second, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, this will be the last one. Right? His thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are not our ways. But we have access to them now in the New Testament. If you read this Scripture, it says, the unspiritual self, just as it is by nature, this is in the message, can't receive the gifts of God's Spirit. There's no capacity for them. Before you come to Christ, there's no capacity. You might know all of the Word of God from front to back, but there's no capacity for the life that's in that Word to operate in your life unless you know Jesus Christ. There's no way. You can know it all, but there's not going to be any power, there's not going to be any life, there's not going to be any regeneration and growth because of that Word that you know, unless you know Jesus Christ it goes on it says they seem like so much silliness the spirit can only be known by spirit god's spirit and our spirits in open communion spiritually now listen to this spiritually alive we have access to everything god's spirit is doing access you have open access to to what god is doing in this earth because of the blood of jesus And now you're in his family, you're in his lineage, and now you have access to it. What do you need to know? His will. What do you need to know? His truth. What do you need to know? His opinion. What do you need to know? What he would say, what he would think. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. That means to me that they're better. So how do I tap into that? I get into the word of God, and I open up myself before him, and I allow him to pour in me and through me. Changes you. Absolutely changes you. It goes on and says that we have access to everything that God's Spirit is doing, and we can't be judged by unspiritual critics. You cannot be judged by unspiritual critics. It says in John chapter 16, 33, real quick. Sorry, I said that was the last one. I'm an evangelist closing. There's lots of last ones. It it says there that, that he is giving us his peace because in this world you will face tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Is you can't be judged by unspiritual critics. People are going to come against you. Isaiah's question, is there anyone around who knows God's spirit? Anyone who knows what he's doing has been answered. Christ knows, and we have his spirit. Let's stand up today. That is good news. Not only is the word alive, not only does it regenerate, restore, and produce growth in your life, you have access to. To that living word. You have access. I have access. The question is, will we do it? Will we live it?
1: We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and his gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at VictoryLafayette.org.